You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweet to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's necessary and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Status Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. Shane, what's up, man? It's good to see you, man. How you doing? Cooling, my guy. What's going on? Oh, you know, man, it's a it's a good day today. I got uh, a bunch of stuff with the fam uh, this week. We came off of vacation, what we call it a staycation. Um, but we got a bunch of stuff that we need to actually get done around the house. So uh, as soon as we done recording, I'm going to be hitting the streets running errands. Dope, 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 dope. So I brought something off air, and, and I, I guess I wasn't clear what I was saying. Um, we got a... Uh, Talk to the people, man. I heard you, you you had a visit with the man in the candy van. Man. <laughs> and got some of that good uh that good injection with the vaccination. What's going on, bro? Man. So, all right. All right. Yes, I have received both uh shots as far as the vaccination. I decided to get the vaccine. Uh in Daniel Whitehouse, uh, I am holding my end of the bargain. I said that I would come on the show and talk about it uh for my our listeners. If you catched us in earlier talks and earlier conversations, episodes, I said that I wasn't getting it right. I'm waiting. It, it came out too fast. I understand the information is out there. So what happened? What changed? Well, what changed is as the world started opening back up, life started happening more. I found myself having or being called on to travel. Right. And so now I got to get out of my comfort zone and out of my bubble. I have to protect my family. And so doing some more research on the vaccine, I decided to get the vaccine because I was going to have to travel, but I had to ask myself and have a conversation with my, my family, what's going to change about my routine? Nothing. I'm still going to social distance. I'm still going to protect myself when I travel. I'm still going to do a lot of the same habits and routines to make sure that my family is protected. So I called it taking candy from the man in the van. Um, he had the man in the van had my favorite candy, so I decided to take. I decided to take some fruit from the forbidden tree. Uh, but you know, I I had the typical reaction, you know, and it wasn't bad. Um, I endured, and and you know, I'm I'm thankful for it. What I also you know want to put out there is stuff that you know is is pertinent information. You can still get the virus even having the vaccine. Yes, see people out here operating in the world as if you got, you know, Superman juice inside of you, you can still get it. You can still pass it on as if you didn't have the vaccine. So keep that in mind. We still have a responsibility to help one another and to protect one another. And that should be first and foremost. So yeah. well, good, man. Um, Again, I, I, I won't knock anybody for or not, but I think it's um a personal decision. And if you take it super dope, especially that you were on the fence, we were both on the fence about it. Um, so yeah, I had uh, something else I wanted to share, uh, about maybe three weeks ago, I found out that, um, a chapter that I wrote for a book is going to be out on August 1st. 
Hey, so all right. We are, um, the title of the book is Action-Based Approaches in Popular Music Education. And I um, just had the opportunity to write about, um, you know, some of the activities that go on in the classroom and the way I integrate popular music into my lessons. So, yeah, mm. um, super excited about it. It was a, 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 a dope process that probably took better part of a year and a half. A lot of edits, a lot of writings, and, you know, super excited to be a part of the project. So that's coming out on August 1st. That's dope, man. Congratulations. I I'm super it, proud man. of you, man. I know the work you put in, a lot of the stuff is behind the scenes, man. But so, so proud of you for, for accomplishing that. That's another one on the on the list, all right? Yes, sir. Let's do this. Let's bring in our guests. So for our audience, we have a very special guest, a young lady that I've had the pleasure of meeting. Shane is just now getting the opportunity to meet with. But when you hear her story, you'll understand why we brought her on the show. So a little bit about her background. She is a life coach who offers transformational online courses. And in the world and time that we're in right now, think about how big online training and interactions has been. So she's been operating in this space. Now, the thing about her online courses is they're designed to help people shift out of mediocrity. When they look at their lives, they're looking to shift out of mediocrity. So that's what she does. She has two master's degrees. She's the author of two Christian self-help books. She is enamored with drawing and producing original art in acrylic specifically, and she is the CEO of Renaissance Works. I would like to introduce you to Miss Deborah E. Johnson. Miss Deborah, welcome to the show. How are you? Hello. How are you? What a wonderful introduction. Oh my goodness. People say that all the time. And but then when you hear your own introduction, you're like, wow, I sound like Superwoman. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me here. Yes, I am Deborah E. Johnson. And I am all the things he said and a few more. I do quite a few things. And part of the reason why you get to hear about me um, is because I'm a Renaissance woman. I do all of that. And that's how my business got to be named Renaissance Works. Thanks that so much for inviting me. So much sense. Absolutely. Had to. Absolutely. After our conversation and trying to figure out, okay, does this make sense? I was four minutes in. I was like, yep, this makes sense. Let's do this. So good. I'm glad we could have you on the show. Now, before we dive into your journey and understanding a little bit more about how you came to be the woman that you are, Shane, I want you to take us down that familiar place. What blew your mind this week? Um, I think sometimes people get enamored with the, uh, are more interested in the results as opposed to the process and the grind. And, and what's on my mind is it, it, it always takes more than you think. Um, the other day I was listening to two instances. I was listening to uh, the Migos. They was on uh, the Breakfast Club and they were talking about their new album. And um, it's like probably a 12 to 15 song album. I don't remember. But in order to get that 12 to 15 songs, they said they recorded 700. Mm. Mm. 700? <laughs> 700. Um, another cat I was looking online, I was just doing some music licensing research and he was, he had a catalog of music. So I forget what it was. He has a lot of placements in television. So he said, check out my catalog of music. And I went to his catalog and he had 17,367 songs. And I looked around <laughs> and, and, and it's like the track runner that says they trade for four years for nine seconds. 
in the 100 in the Olympics. The work, guys, is what separates the 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 ones that achieve at the super high levels and the ones that just don't or just get by. Like I think people confuse it. Like you want to be great, you want to be elite. There has to be an elite level of work that mm. many of us just don't understand. And Ooh. you know that just blew my mind, bro. You want to be great, you want to be elite, but you gotta have an elite level of work. Elite level of work. You will not. You will not be great without an elite level of work. Period. Deborah, what's your thoughts on that? Wow, I like the phrase "elite level of work." And uh, in some ways, I feel like he's stepping on my toes. Like, ouch! Mm. I put in a lot of I'm work. Sorry. With them. No, no, I didn't mean to. <laughs> no worries. I'm being transparent here. I'm giving you a moment. Uh, I feel like in some ways I put out a lot of work. You heard me talk about the honorary doctorate I have, and I put in 25 years of work in my church in Christian ministry, and I did take the time to write the book, the books. And so, yes, but then there are other days when it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm tired. Oh, my gosh, I don't think I can go another step. And then you want to quit. And so I like that concept of elite level of work because that means not only you not only are you working, but you're analyzing just how much work are you putting in and what is the breadth and the depth of the work that you're putting in. So you might be putting in some work. So, okay, let's say in my case, I'm putting in breadth of work. I've got a lot of things I've done. So now I've got to dig down and put in the depth of work. And so Mm -hmm. that would be my take on it. When you're analyzing it and thinking about it, oh yes, I do want elite level of work. What do I have now? Maybe I have mediocre work. Maybe I have no work. Maybe I only have a little bit. Maybe I do have some work. So now let's push that a, a step forward. Is the breadth and the depth there? Because to me, if you've got elite, an elite level of work, you've got both. You've got breadth and depth. Thank you so much for letting me talk. Ooh, ooh, she coming in with heat already. I knew this was going to be a good one. Breadth and depth. Hey, people, get ready. Put your seatbelt on. This is about to be a good one. Deborah, let's jump into your journey right away. I would love for you to share with the people how you got to be where you are today, such an accomplished Renaissance woman. Thank you so much for asking that question. And it is a long journey and I'll try to make it concise because I know we got time and people got other things to do, but I do want you to hear the story because it's important. I've got something to say and now I get an opportunity to say it. That's right. How did I get here? How did I get where I was? How do I get where, how did I get where I am now? Well, I guess I should start with, it started with my mother. That's an easy backstory. Most people like to hear that. Even more importantly, let me say it started with my grandmother. When I was very, very little, um, I actually lived with my grandmother. And I can remember my grandmother telling my first grade teacher, she said, Debbie's going to college. And I said, yes. I, my, my teacher shook her head. Of course, she was excited. My grandmother said it. And I, I love my grandmother. So I said, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't even know what college was. <laughs> That's the first time I actually remember hearing that. But my grandmother said it, and she said it with so much excitement and enthusiasm. I was like, oh, yes, if my grandmother says I'm going, I'm going. So, yes, that was one of the first, that's the way she introduced me to my teacher, my first grade teacher. Debbie's going to college. Like, yes, ma'am, I'm going. And I think that began to be the seeds of how I thought about myself. Like, that was some place to reach for. Like I said, I didn't know what it was, but if my grandmother said I was going, then I was going. And so when the seeds got planted, of course, I went to school like everyone else. I worked hard. I really did work hard. I went to a a nice enough high school. Um, And then I went on to um, 
college like everyone else, you know, that in the case of getting educated. And I did get educated. I got educated. I've been to school several times and I do have several degrees. So you heard I've got two master's degrees. Yes, I do. Um, and then what happened was I got to the place where um, I went through life like everyone else, um, got married, life happened, went through. And then I decided somewhere around 2017, let me bring the story up, 2017, that I, where I was was not where I needed to be in the long run. So I am a born again Christian. And I want to say I felt impressed at that point in my life that God said where I was, which was a good space. Let me just make sure I say that it was a really good space was not the last place for me to go, not the last place for me to be. So I had to decide what really got me to the place where I'm in front of you now is that I had to decide that I want, I had to let go of the good to get to the better. And that's where my journey really starts in terms of bringing it up to date. I had to let go of the good. I had a fantastic job. I am a librarian. Part of my education is I have a master's in library science. I am a librarian. I loved being a librarian. I was a children's librarian. So I got to hang out with the babies just about every day. The babies, toddlers, two, three, five. They were sitting in my lap. They were talking to me. You know, they wanted to, you know, you know, pull on my skirt the whole nine yards. And I was a children's librarian and I was enjoying it. But then when it became impressed upon me that, you know what, that's not the way you're going to be remembered. That's when the clicks started to happen. That's when the uncomfortableness started to happen. I had to get to a place where I said, okay, you know what? If this is not how I'm gonna be remembered, then what am I supposed to be remembered for? And then I began to ask myself, what am I supposed to do? So then I went into, I let go of the good, which was a great job. And I, I reached for the better. And how I did that was I actually hired my first life coach we had a whole bunch of conversations. Um, I went into his office. I had 47 weeks to get from where I was to where I wanted to be. And so that's what I did. I literally went to his office and said, we got 47 weeks. You got to help me get this done. Well, he did his job as, as a life coach and he helped me get it done. I shifted from being where I was, which was a librarian, into going into leaving my job and going into trying to figure out how to run a business and do ministry. So those were basically the two threads I had going. Well, in the midst of talking about all of who I was, as again, I said, I have been, um, I've been a lab tech, I've been a telemarketer, I've been a vacation Bible school director, vacation Bible school teacher, vacation Bible school arts and crafts director. I've done storytelling. I'm a librarian. I'm now an artist. And now I'm, and I'm also now running Renaissance Works. And I probably could add a few more titles in there. No joke. Okay. As a matter of fact, the life coach found out that I wrote a few songs. And he said, oh, you could add amateur composer, amateur composer to your list. So <laughs> that's how wow. I got here. And then I started doing all these things. He decided the best way to help me was to help me start a business. And that became Renaissance Works. So Renaissance Works is the place, it's a personal development company where I offer online transformational courses to help you, especially if you're a female entrepreneur, help you get from where you are to where you want to go, female entrepreneurs and kingdom influencers please come on over and join me. So that's what I do. I've shifted from being the librarian. I let go of the good to get to the better. And that's how I got to this place of having a, being the CEO of my own personal company. I encourage you that it can be done. It is a lot of work, as um, Shana said. You do have to put in the work, but it is worth it. And that's the short piece of how I got to this place. Thank you so much for asking me. 
letting go of the good to get to the great. Um, if a person was looking at it half glass, half empty, that would be a, an offensive statement, but I, I totally get it. <clears throat> and, and, and when, when, when I say good to great, I look at it as the normal, normal people stuff. Like you could have this, you could have all of this, but instead you kind of settle for this. What did that process look like going from the good to the great? And what kind of mindset did you have to get yourself in? Because I think that's a lot of people can't see past where they are and understand that it, 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 if they can just give up this little bit, there's such a there's so much more for them out there. But they they cling to that little bit and never get that that big piece. Yes. And I agree with you, Shane. Many people do cling to what they have. This is what really helped me. You talk about the mind shift. It's a little bit macabre, but it's the best piece of advice. It's the best way I know to think about it. Think about the fact that we have a limited amount of time on this earth. So we're not going to be here forever. Even if you think you're going to be here for a while, I sort of hope to get to past 100. I got some time. But at any rate, I'm going to get to 100. My life is at some point going to be over. So while it's a little macabre, I encourage you, I ask you to make that uncomfortable imagination. What are people going to be saying about you at your funeral? That's, that was the mindset shift for me. What did I want people to be saying about me at my funeral? Well, you know, people make up a lot of stories. And I say, when they make up these stories about me, they ought to be true. And so since I wanted those stories to be true, and I wanted them to be positive things that I feel good about now while I'm living my life, I decided to say, what did I want people to be saying about me at the end of my life and work backwards? So for example, I wanted people to be saying that I'm creative. So I started doing all kinds of creative things. I do arts and crafts, I do crochet, I do knitting. And now I'm actually, I've dived into becoming an artist. I was, I could not draw 15 years ago. I could not draw. I was doing stick, stick figures. Guess what? I learned, I went to community college. I went to that space and I learned how to draw. And now I'm teaching myself to paint. And I tell people about it. Guess what happened, Shane? Now all of a sudden people are going, oh my gosh, Deborah, you're so creative. Now, I'm doing it now so that when I get to the end of my life, something that people can be saying about me, well, she was so creative. I want people to be saying that about me. And so I'm working, I've worked backwards. This is what I want you to say when I get to the end. So I'm going to work backwards and make sure that those things are a part of my life. Those roles are a part of my life so that I can be more sure that it's going to happen. And that was really the big mind shift to let go of the good to get to the better. And you're right. You can stay at the you know, place where you're comfortable. If that makes you happy and that's okay with your space, I'm not going to knock it. You live your life. But if you realize, if you have that kind of gut feeling like there's more to my life, there's more I should be doing, I want people to remember more about me than I just had this or I just had that, then this is the time for you to say, get it done, shift from where you are to, to the place you want to go. You can do it. Now, okay, if you're 50 or you're 60 or you're 70, you might not be able to do the five things you wanted to do, but pick one or two of those roles that you wanted and work towards it. You'll be amazed at how much progress you make over that four or five year span just by working at it a little bit every day. And notice I want to say a little bit every day. Shane talked about the elite level of work. A lot of times it's just a small task every day. Get the small task done every day and all of a sudden, you'll realize that you got from point A to point D and all you did was a little bit every day. And build a house of one brick at a time. Yes. And so therefore, I encourage everyone listening, 
that it can be done, the mind shift can happen, especially if you think about what it is you want people to say about you at the end of your life and then work your way backwards to get that task done. And it is a hard space to be in. I won't, I won't kid you. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of um, negative inner chatter that comes up, but you've got to decide that you're stronger or you're better than the negative inner chatter and you got to go for it because of what you want people to be saying about you. And not necessarily, ooh, a brag, but a sense of this is what you've accomplished with your life. I once uh, preached the message, what are you going to do with your dash? What are you doing with your dash? We have no control over how we got here, who our parents were. We have no control over that. We have no control over, in most cases, I mean, unless you do the sad thing of trying to commit suicide, and even that doesn't always work. We have no control over how our life ends. So what control do we have? We have control over the middle. What are you doing with your dash? When you think about what you want to have done with your dash, that space in between your birth and your death, and you want it to count for what it is you have and even more, that will begin to get you motivated out of the fear and catapult you into the next level and presumably places of success and places of victory that you hadn't expected. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with your dash? You know, what stands out to me is something that you said, where I was was not the last place for me to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about, <clears throat> I think about sitting or finding myself in that space where, yes, I've accomplished some things and you talked about you worked hard and you got tired for a bit and it's like, I don't know how much I got in me, right? And you might decide to take a short break. You say, you know what, I'm just going to, just going to chill out for a little bit, but then something disturbs your spirit. And I think that that's what that moment is. You look at where you are and you say, is this the last place I'm going to be? And if that answer is no, you immediately start getting to work. And what a lot of people don't realize, they want to be elite, but they think elite sounds so big and so grand that the moves that they make have to reflect that when really the elite people only do small things and because there are so few people being consistent at executing the small things it's not hard to become elite all you got to be is part of that one small group who's doing small things every day consistently and yes let me me give the listeners something a very practical way because um sometimes we talk and it's like oh yeah well you're saying that because that's what you've done I'm sure that both of you gentlemen have struggles and trials and you're still working towards being the elite and having the elite level of work. But I want to give you a very practical example of how you can be sort of stationary. I don't want to say stuck necessarily. It could be stuck, Mm -hmm. but not everybody is stuck. Some people feel like they're cool. But I want to give you an example of how the small steps or how the shift in your mindset can shift you so quickly. So as I said to you, I do a lot of things, including I knit. Well, I had seen honestly, for about, um, a lot of the ladies will probably remember it, um, the sweater coats. Remember those long knit sweater coats you could wear in the fall and the winter? Uh, and I just loved them. They just looked absolutely gorgeous. They were in the stores and they looked kind of cheesy to me. I wanted a real sweater coat, a sweater coat that went all the way down to my, my, my wrist that I really liked. They went down to my knee. I wanted it to button up. I had this whole vision of it. Now, I want to say ladies in particular, because ladies are usually the ones that knit. I talked about that for eight years. I told people, I'm going to knit a sweater coat. I'm going to do it. I talked about it for eight years. That's all I did. I talked about it for eight years. One day, that kind of uncomfortable 
this you talked about, uh, Coach Vic, that happened to me. And I went, Deborah, don't talk about it another day. You go out, you buy the yarn, you go out, you buy the needles. I don't want to hear anything else come out of your mouth until mm -hmm. you get this project done. You've been talking about this for eight years. Now, ask me, Coach Vic, once I made up my mind to do it, ask me how long it took me to create that sweater coat. How long did it take you? Two months. Hmm. I talked about it for eight years. Once I made that mental shift and said, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to talk about it another day. I'm going to plan for it. I'm going to get all the yarn. I'm going to find a pattern I want to knit. I'm going to get all the yarn I need. I'm going to get the needles I need. I'm going to get the buttons I need. I'm going to get all the stitch markers. Those who knit know those terms. I'm going to get all that stuff I need to make it. Once I made that decision, I went out and I, I made the decision. I went out and I acted. I bought all the materials I needed. I executed every day, every other day. I worked on it for a couple of hours. I got the entire project done in two months. I shifted from eight years of conversation with myself and even with other people to bringing down the execution and implementation and completion of a project that I loved. And it only took me two months time. And that's what I mean about you have to make yourself go through the little steps and the little steps every day will get you to the place you want. Let's do this. I would love to hear what you think or when you look back at your journey, what were some of the impactful moments that kept you going, that taught you some of the most valuable lessons? I think the most impactful moments, honestly, have been in 2004, three people I knew died in at about a month's time. Mm. And that slapped me. Two of them were actually... One was my grandma. So remember, I talked about my grandma at the beginning. My grandma died in 2004. And then after that, um, a gentleman who was like a surrogate father to me, he was, he was a, like a surrogate father to me. He died. And then right after that, um, a friend's mother died. And they died within the space of, so I want to say April 29th. I can remember it almost that clearly. April 29th to May 10th, three people mm -hmm. died. And that was so impactful to me to say, you know what, get it done. Now, I will admit, I had some hiccups along the way, and I wasn't consistent, as we were talking about today, but that kept coming back to me, get it done, because life is short, and you need to do what you can while you can. We all like to think that we're going to live a long time, but when the day is over and the day is done, and if you've only lived to 55 or 47 or 32, or you know, maybe you've, maybe you've made it up and you're in your 80s, your 90s, you want to be able to say you got it done. For real. Do you want to look back on your life and be like, oh, man, I didn't live 70, 80 years. What do I have to show for it? You know, the first time that hits is when you're like 30, when you first turn 30, when you first turn 40. And you're like, oh, man, I've really been on the planet all these years. What do I have to show for it? Mm -hmm. That's when it really, that's the first time I think it really hits most people. Wow, I'm going to be 30. I can't even say I'm in my 20s no more. Nope. Man, I'm going to be 40. I can't say I'm in my 30s anymore. And suddenly you realize how quickly life clips by. Yes, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, it feels like the days go by and they're just kind of going by at a snail's pace. So the days might go by at a snail's pace, but the years clip by. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And so oh. since that is the case, you want to be able to say that I've lived a good life 
I've lived a full life. I wasn't even going to go scripture, but I know many of you, especially if you listen to scripture, you know, scripture talks about the apostle Paul. And he says, I finished the course. I did my race. I did my turn. You want to be able to say that because when you leave here, you want to leave here in peace. You want to leave here with the legacy that this is the other thing. You want to leave the legacy for your children and your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, that my grandma, my mom, she was banging. Oh my gosh. She was the boss. She did it. She got it done. My, my grandfather, he got it done. He didn't let no grass grow on his feet. And you, you want people to be able to say those things about you. You want to be able to say that about yourself. Since we're only going to go around one time, this is not a dress rehearsal, ladies and gentlemen. We just as well make it count. We, just as, we might as well make it count. And so that's what I encourage you to do. That's where my journey has brought me to make it count. I'm doing what I'm doing, um, Shane. I'm doing what I'm doing, Coach Vic. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, yeah, I'll probably be a little sad. But guess what? I know at the end of the journey, I want there to be think what I want you to be saying about me is I persevered. I was a fighter. So if this failed, pick it up, dust it off, keep it moving, go on and do something else. Because yeah. that's the way you want to be able to say that you have accomplished the goals you want to get to. So yeah. please be encouraged. You can join me anytime in the race, in the journey. I'm moving, you're moving. We want to get this done. I'm encouraging you. This is how I got to my journey. This is how I've got to be the CEO of Renaissance Works an online, a personal development company where I offer online transformational courses to help you shift from where you are to where you want to go. Join me. I'd be so happy to talk with you some more. Thank the gentlemen so much for allowing me to be here and interact with them and to interact with you. We got places we want to go. Absolutely. Now we got, we got one staple question of the show that I would like to ask you before we get out of here. And that question is thinking about the people you listen to, who you seek have seeked advice from over the years. I, You already stated your grandmother is one of them. Uh, we typically will ask you for three. So I would love for you to share with us two more people you listen to and why. The other two people that I'm going to mention, I feel like I have a list, but the other two people I'd like to mention would be my mother, because my mother always said, it's not where you are that counts, it's where you're going. That was one of the mantras she gave me. My mother had a lot of trials and a lot of struggles and she should have given up. I come from a large enough family, there are eight of us. And I'm sure there are plenty of days when she didn't see her way and she didn't know how she was gonna make it. But she kept saying, she said to all of us, it's not where you are that counts, it's where you're going. That has stuck with me in all parts of my life. It stayed with me when I was in college. I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. So I didn't know a lot of the ins and outs of the college process, how to get through it. But I could hear my mother saying, it's not where you are that counts, it's where you're going. When I got to um, married life, and you know, marriage can be interesting and a little complicated, sometimes funny and sometimes hmm, a little bit trying. It's not where you are that counts, it's where you're going. It's not where you are right now with that person, it's where you're gonna go, okay? when you're going through all kinds of family issues, when you're going through church um, situations, because sometimes at church, people can be, the saints can be a little bit dicey at times. It's not where you are, it counts, it's where you wanna go. You wanna be with the saints, you wanna enjoy them, you wanna be uh, strengthened by them, but in the end, if they're not doing what they need to do, you gotta do what you need to do, because your end goal is heaven. It's not where you are, it counts, it's where you're going. So that would be my mom, and then would be my pastor, um, she is actually now my senior pastor, uh, Pastor 
Um, she has been with, I've been at the church for a long time, and she was a woman who would constantly say, talk it out with God, talk it out with God. You know, I know some of the listeners may not be um, of, a, of, a, of a church nature or of a, of a, of a Christian, born-again Christian nature, but so I'm going to be open-minded enough to say, even if you don't say, well, I won't necessarily talk it out with God, I'd say at least write it out, get it out of you. Get it out of you so you can see what the pieces are. Get out the good, write down the good, write down the bad, write down the not so nice, write down the wonderful. Get it out of you. Ideally, I'd want you to listen to me and say, talk it out with God, but I know not everybody's going to go there. So if you're not going to talk it out with God, what I said, at least write it down and get it outside of you because then you can actually work with it when you realize that it's just something on paper. It's a, it's a situation and a phase of your life. It might even be a weakness, but it doesn't have to be a setback. So the three people would be my grandmother, my mother, and not, and my now current senior pastor who has helped me and helped me shape who I am today. Deborah, love that. Your, your story is inspiring, is motivating. Your message is inspiring and motivating. And, and we truly appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, I know you've talked a little bit about you know, what you do, the work that you're doing currently, but I would love for the people to hear where they can find you. So how can the people connect with you? Yes. So right now you can connect with me. I'm constantly, you know, working these uh, social media tactics out. For now, you can certainly connect with me on, by email at renaissanceworks19 at gmail.com. That's the easiest way. Renaissance, R-E-N-A-I-S-S-A-N-C-E, works with an S, 19 at gmail.com. Also, you can find my courses. It's Reinvent Yourself Academy. If you Google that, Reinvent Yourself Academy and Ed Johnson, I'm sure I'll pop up. Deborah E. Johnson, I'm the online course creator. The school is called Reinvent Yourself Academy. I have two courses. I have a do-it-yourself course, which you can just take it and pay for it yourself. And then I have a coaching offer where I can actually do it with you and help you get through the process faster. That's Reinvent Yourself Academy. ReinventYourselfAcademy.teachable.com is the official website name. ReinventYourself.teachable.com. Okay? That's the, those are the easiest ways to reach out to me. And if you just want to and you're on Instagram, you can do um, at renaissance.works. Um, those are the easiest ways to catch up with me. And if you ask me, if you connect with me that way, I'll give you even more about my art. I don't want to inundate you all at one time. So please, please, please connect with me. Email is easiest way, renaissanceworks19 at gmail.com. Look for my courses and ask me questions. I'd love to have you join me. Reinventyourselfacademy.teachable.com. Thanks so much. Love it. Love it. Truly appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey. I'm going to yes. close us out as I've done in the past. I always share a quote that I think relates to the conversation. And this quote for sure aligns with your message. It, it says, allow your passion to become your purpose and it will one day become your profession. Yes. Allow your passion to become your purpose and it will one day become your profession. And I think your story is an example of that as well as to our audience as you are trying to figure out what it is you want to do or whether or not you're in the right lane and right space, allow your passion to become your purpose and it'll one day become your profession. So as always, thank you for rocking with us, audience. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank we can't you. thank you enough. Ms. Deborah, thank you for joining us today. 
audience, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, share the show with three people. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening so that we can continue to move up the charts as your favorite podcast. Uh, I don't know, Shane, do you have anything else to share with the people? Nah, um, just be great. Go be great. Man of many words. That's the doctor speaking. Live life on purpose. Purpose Addicts, we out.